This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy! It is the Chicagoverse podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists in industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black, welcome to Chicago. All right. Uh, Kyle Woods, how are you doing, man? Doing well, man. How are you? Good. It's been a minute. Thanks so much for taking some time to uh, to chat on the phone and, and you know, catch up in the form of a podcast interview. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, it's been such, you know, been a minute, as you said, so always happy to catch up. I appreciate absolutely. you on the chat. Oh, my God. Absolutely, man. So, you know, I want to get into all of the really cool stuff you're doing with single serve in a minute, but, but first man, how have you been, you know, for people listening, you know, you are a tremendous talent and you and I met each other back in the two thousands. I want to say, um, yeah. when you were DJing around Chicago and now you have moved into this space <laughs> where you are heading up a philanthropic app. So, so just kind of bring us into the in-between for people who knew you from the Chicago days. How has life been? Totally. Life has been good. So yeah, as you, as you mentioned, you and I met, man, maybe when I was even like 19. I think we met in like 2008, 9, something like that. Yeah. And we're DJing around yeah, the city. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, so yeah, as you know, like, uh, Kid Color, my DJ moniker for that time, kind of like took a lot of, you know, a lot of my focus for a lot of my years in Chicago. And, um, I kind of just transitioned. I mean, DJing has always been constant in my life and, I just kind of transitioned into more, um, you know, music production, focusing on like making music and then getting into more scoring short films and commercials. And so DJing has always been constant, but making music was kind of always then took kind of like, you know, DJing kind of took the backseat and making music was more of the main focus. And then, you know, I got caught up with Solange's team, her, her brand, St. Huron. I, I've been her resident DJ for about three years as well. And that, that relationship happened right when I was leaving Chicago. But mm. when I moved out to LA, I actually moved out here with the intention of pursuing more film scoring. And, um, about 10 months after I moved to LA, it was in July of 2016 when um, that awful week happened where both Philando Castile and Alton Sterling got murdered by police. And mm-hmm. I think using the, like, you know, consider yourself an activist is something where, like, you know, it's really being active within the community. And for me, I've always felt very passionate about issues, you know, so I don't really know if I could claim myself as being an activist in that regard. But I've always, you know, been very charitable with both like volunteering and, you know, and like, you know, just financial donations, whatever I could give. I've always been very about representing social good as best as I can, you know? And Mm -hmm. so, so being upset by these murders, I just kind of, you know, and being at the time, I was like super broke. I kind of just felt like, I really wanted to give back in support of this fight against injustice in a way that I knew best, which was through my music. And so I started to write this song with the intention of having proceeds go towards Black Lives Matter. And halfway through writing the song, I just was thinking about my options for how I would host this campaign and how how I as the artist 
and say you as the music listener would both feel that kind of gratification of knowing that you are helping or supporting. And I didn't like the options that were available. You know, there's amazing ways for artists to make money off their music, you know, with the mm-hmm. uh, with independent music distribution, and there's just a lot of ways for musicians to make money and that they could then put towards a cause of their choice. But I was really shocked when I really stepped outside and I thought, why has there not been a platform that's been a vehicle, or you could even say bridging the gap between music consumption and charitable action? And that's how single serve was first thought of. And so then I quickly took it to one of my best friends, Jojo Yang, who I believe you know, because you interviewed her. Um, she was in my DJ trio mm-hmm. back in the day. Yeah. So Jojo has been working as a UX strategist for over 13 years now. And she's kind of always been my big sister and her skill set within that world of managing, you know, and tech is just unparalleled. So I took it to her because she's also creative as well. And I knew that I needed partners who both understood the landscape of tech and the music landscape. And she was perfect. And then she hopped on board and then we've been working on it. I mean, on and off, there was a lot because it was our first app, our first, (laughs) our first endeavor ever. And sometimes single serve took a backseat for a couple of years. And then about a year later, after Jojo hopped on board, uh, we connected with our friend Clayton Bleha, who works for Ausla. At the time, he did, and he, I, I kind of just, I pitched it to him more just to, more just because he's someone who I trusted as well. He shared the whole same views as me, you know, and Jojo, where he's also he's a creative, works in the music industry, but also I knew that he was someone who I would respect their opinion about you know, and just advice and anything like that. So I just kind of told him about it. I pitched to him and he then hit me up as soon as I was leaving the meeting and he was like, I would love to be a partner on this. So that's how Clayton came on board. Clayton then brought us to our developer, Pat, who officially came on board at the end of last year. And the app officially started to be built in January and we just launched in August. So, wow, man. Well, yeah. that is the interview. <laughs> uh, oh, well, that's so, great. Sorry, no, 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 no. that's that's awesome. No, because that really gives us everything we need to know right up front. So, so this app, it's called Single Serve. It's live now, yeah. correct? People can yes, download it. It is live. The app store of their choice. Yes. Okay. Yes, it's only available on iOS for right now, but we are going to be launching an Android-friendly version soon. So. All right. So let's kind of dig into this. So this is something that you know we know now how it came together, but. What is that process like, let's say, in January, between January and now? Because, you know, any creative, any business venture, any project, there's a lot of work between, like, buying a plot of land and then having a finished house you can live in. So what was that process like between when this is an idea in all of your heads to when it's an app that people can now access? What were some of the challenges? What was that process like? Well, I would say a lot of it was figuring out a business model that would be sustainable for sure. And throughout working on this, I realized that I actually like math a lot more than I did. And I'm actually better at it than I thought I was. <laughs> yeah. But I would say like, basically, even though the single serve was thought of 
three years ago, it went through a lot of different phases. I would say so like the best way to approach a project like that would be a great size to you would be to just anticipate pivots because sometimes the first iteration of an idea doesn't mean it's the best or that that's actually the one that's most that actually executes the original idea the best because originally Jojo and I the app wasn't even in the vision originally we thought it was just going to be a desktop platform that would be a donation for download and mm. so that was that was what it was and this was you know 2016 streaming was has already been a thing by now but but for us we just were thinking this is it let's just do a donation for download and we brought it to around to people to see what they thought and and people just kind of kept saying the same thing like and even the data proved it is that people aren't downloading music anymore you know what i mean no like, no so it's it's yeah, yeah. No, it's not and also not only and they're not downloading music they're not buying music money is being spent on music but not in the whole digital download way you know not that that market is is dwindling and so right. so really it's it's almost like so we were kind of fighting for that. We were like, oh, well, maybe it could still work. But over time, we, we just realized that there's other ways for us to execute the idea and the mission of single serve that without having to stick to the original plan. And that's something that I would say is really important, you know, like just to anticipate pivots and be open to new ideas and stuff. Because then when Clayton came on board a year into it, maybe a year and a half, actually, you know, then we kind of like thought about how would it look with streaming and all of this stuff? And so, honestly, there was a lot of back and forth. Before we decided on this, on the launched model, there had to be three different other business models and different mm. ways that we would execute single serve. Yeah, like it, there was, it was a lot of time that we wanted because we wanted to make sure we did it right, too. You know, I mean, like, just that's something that really, since we were going to be the first to market for a, what we refer to as a cause-based streaming platform, we wanted to make sure that this was something that was really effective for both artists and the user. So I would say that's something that was the hardest thing would just keep pivoting and then also building an app for the App Store. The App Store guidelines are very, I mean, to be completely honest, we, we actually decided on the model. The model in January that we decided actually was not the model we launched with because the app store basically had some guidelines that we thought we were in the clear of. But when we submitted it to the app store in June, it actually kept getting rejected. <laughs> so we quickly pivoted to say, let's say our option B, which is what we launched with, which actually is a better version in our opinion. <laughs> so Something I think that's really interesting about the app in terms of the mechanics is that you guys, for these campaigns, single serve pays out twelve cents per stream. Is that correct? Or point it's twelve? A, cents? It's point point twelve cents. Yes. Right. So now, to the average person listening who maybe doesn't understand the mechanics of streaming, they might think, "Well, that's nothing." But yeah. when you compare that to something like Spotify, you know, I, I was talking to people about uh, you know about podcasting on my end. Because there are certain podcasting platforms that, you know, if you sign up for this and you give the people this link, blah, 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 podcasters make like 20 cents per stream, like full 20 cents per stream. 
And I was talking to a musician. I was like, well, you know, that's not very much. And they're like, are you kidding me? 20 cents per yeah. stream? That's amazing. And I was like, yeah. oh, right. Somehow that's a lot of money now. So talk about, like, how do you approach this, and how are you guys able to give such a large cut of the stream, even though maybe the average person, that doesn't sound like a very large number, but when you compare it to some of the other platforms, it is. We always wanted to be a platform that was known for paying out the highest amount. And with, I don't even want to say competitors or anything like that, but with other streaming platforms that consumers are, that they use, like Spotify and Apple Music, we pay close to double what those pay artists. We decided on our payment amount more, more by, by researching and seeing what other platforms pay. And uh, Tidal actually pays 0.0125, something like that. Mm-hmm. And we were like, you know what? I mean, really, we based our number off of just numbers that from platforms that we felt, you know, are doing it. <laughs> so, so the thing is that eventually we feel that we don't have a big catalog like Spotify or a big catalog like Apple Music. Really, we're curating what we host. You know, we're curating the campaigns and really we're launching with having weekly campaigns. So, so really there's not a lot of like maybe stream as much streaming on single serve that could happen as like a Spotify, you know, because we don't have like right. know, the Eagles cat- back catalog or something like that. I'm not going to listen but, to any like Taylor Swift album at midnight exact, on your platform. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but we wanted to introduce the concepts of cause based streaming based around the model that music listeners are used to. So, but this also does give us the advantage of raising it. You know, let's, we want to, you know, I mean, eventually like in a dream world, we will probably be raising the amount that we donate to charity, but we just wanted to start off on like, you know, kind of a bare bones introducing this concept based off of what people are used to uh, using. Because like I said, it's all it's all business model too, you know. I mean, we wanted to like clearly there's a reason why Spotify and Apple Music and Tidal have that dollar amount because that's you know I mean Spotify just finally made revenue after 13 right. years or something like that, you know. Yeah. So streaming is streaming specifically is a hard it's a tough way to make money, but we really just kind of saw it as setting the foundation and then scaling from there. You know, because eventually, like I said, like this, you can only go up. So, and we eventually do plan on going up for how much we give our charities that we partner with. Now, talk about the, you know, the aspect of the charities of doing social good of, you know, I think obviously we're in a time where any bit of kindness, any bit of philanthropy, any bit of activism, whatever you want to view it as, anyone doing good, it it makes a difference because obviously everybody needs that right now and we're in a very dire time on so many fronts. So what has the response been like to single serve and you guys being able to do some good? You know, how does it feel on your end to know that you're creating something that is going to make a difference? I mean, the response has been incredible, like from all ends, just artists, people within the industry who work at labels, who work at publishing companies. A lot of people have reached out since launching and said, either I can't believe this hasn't existed before, or I've always thought, why hasn't there been something like this? And it's been great. I mean, I think that's like something where a lot of artists, especially nowadays, kind of come from the same place where I was three years ago, where they see their music as 
a personal piece of something that they could offer to help add to this conversation or help add awareness. And so a lot of artists have been very positive about this whole thing. And it's been fortunate. I mean, honestly, like, so the second campaign was a remix that I actually made for um, my friend Trey from Baltimore. And it was just kind of, it was a personal triumph, man. It was like, I, you know, I set out to do this three years ago because I wanted there to be a link between my music and charitable good. And and it happened. And the thing is, like, I think that creating this platform that other artists can now utilize and see that there is a way to do that. It's just been, I mean, it's been great, man. It's been uh, honestly like I, it's been very blessed and very fortunate and we're really happy to see where it goes. So what are some of the long and, and even short term goals for this platform? You know, like let's say that everything goes as intended, better than intended. What would be the best case scenario for how this app operates and what it does? Well, short term goals are going to be continuing the weekly campaigns and we, you know, hope to just kind of the level of artists that we work with on campaigns. We would like to, you know, grow. We've, we've been getting a lot of love and we've been starting to coordinate campaigns with independent labels and publishing companies. And that's been really cool because that's like kind of the next step. The next step is really for us to officially partner with music industry, you know, labels and publishing deals. And then we could like sure. start to really coordinate uh, bigger campaigns with bigger artists. That's kind of the short-term goal. And then long-term vision that I have is eventually I would love for this to be maybe partner with a music distributor, like a TuneCore or something like that. And that'd be really cool if maybe like TuneCore, I don't know, for for people who might not be familiar, TuneCore and CD Baby are digital music distributors that independent artists can, that's how they get their music on streaming platforms. So, uh, so me, the unsigned producer, could go to a TuneCore or CD Baby or DistroKid, and I would pay them to distribute my music to streaming platforms. And when you pay them for that service, you are able to choose what stores you want your song to be in or your music to be in, your album or EP or whatever. And I think it would be really cool eventually if single serve was an option on that. And say we, we expanded to a larger platform and then musicians could be like, oh, you know what? I want to have my music on Spotify and Amazon Music and Apple Music and, and single serve. And then so they know that they could still get royalties from, you know, as they would the Spotify and all that stuff. And as well as still being able to, you know, directly benefit whatever cause they wanted. That's just kind yeah, of and, dream. No, I, mean, I think all that's fantastic. And, and that's, Another good question that actually you just put in my head right now. Do artists get to select the campaign or how is that selected? Like if a musician comes to you, well, let's ask this. How can a musician get involved if they find out about single serve and they say, oh my God, I love this concept. How can I get involved? And then who chooses what the cause or charity or organization is that benefits from that artist campaign? Oh, it's totally the artist's choice. The artist will come to us and... Sometimes they will just tell us maybe a cause that they really care about, and then we could give them some options of, of organizations. But our first campaign with the Flavor Blue, 
they knew the organization that they wanted to benefit. And they, the organization they chose was Cage Free Cannabis, which is an L.A.-based organization that helps expunge past nonviolent weed offenses now that mm-hmm. you know, weed is legal. And it's crazy that there's still you know, criminal records or criminal charges against people with certain, you know, uh, right. for certain, quote, crimes. And so that's a cause that they, that the Flavor Blue really cared about. And so they knew this organization, they've worked with them before, and that's how they chose. So really it can kind of work either, you know, I mean, it could either be where, and then Trey RX, the next, the next, the second campaign, he knew that he just wanted to benefit cancer research. And so there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of databases online that kind of rate charities and organizations, you know, as far as like how good they are, as far as how much mm-hmm. money they give back to their programs and stuff. And so I gave Trey like three options and then he chose one of them. But overall, the cause is the artist's choice because that's what we, we felt was best. Because also some artists might really feel passionate about a cause, but they don't, you know, maybe they don't write political music in a way like maybe they don't write a song that's directly about a cause but they would like to still represent a cause and still support it through their music and that's what we thought was was best so yeah no i love it i mean i think this concept um to kind of echo what you were saying a lot of people were thinking as well it is something that i kind of can't believe didn't already exist it seems like something that's a no-brainer that, you know, a Spotify or Apple Music or somebody would have already built in where, like, whether it's an independent artist or a Taylor Swift or whoever, where, like, they have the option to check, like, hey, you know, X percent of my streaming income, you know, goes to this charity if somebody streams my album on, you know, this platform at this time or something like that. But I, I am kind of in shock that, yeah, somebody has not come up with this, and I think it's fantastic that you've done it. On your end, you know, thank you. Absolutely. You know, I mean, again, I think this is just something that needs to exist right now. Something that I think is really interesting about you that we kind of touched on at the beginning is that you have, you've worn a lot of different hats. You've been a DJ, you know, you're, and not that you're not still doing these things, but you've done DJing, you've done producing, you know, you're making music, you're making this app. What advice would you give to anybody who is, you know, an artist, a musician, a creative, anyone on the industry side who's looking to A, make a difference, and B, just kind of like be able to pivot in their career and and continue to advance? When I first started this, in my head, I think I only viewed myself as one thing, as just being able to contribute DJing to the world. And I think that's what I thought a lot of people would view me as. I think I kind of psyched myself out by thinking, people won't take me seriously because people might view me only as a DJ or only as something like this because, and to be honest, sometimes people did. I mean, I'm not going to like, not as not in like a resentful way, but sometimes people might only think that you are capable of one thing. And I would say the advice that I would have is just to stay on course. And if there is something that you truly believe in, whether it's building an app, making an album, I don't know, going to medical school or something. I just feel like overall, it's just try to stay as on course with what you feel you need to do. Because to be honest, I probably wouldn't be able to happily keep making music just as just, I I wouldn't happily be able to 
continue the course of career with DJing and music production, all that stuff, if I didn't at least try to make single serve a reality, because for me, I saw that it had the potential to help a lot of people. And I don't think I would ever be able to fully be happy knowing that I had this idea that couldn't help other people, not even just help other people, but also something that, that I felt very passionate about. And I think that those are the things in life that you need to just keep pursuing is that the things that you really don't think that if there's something that is on the back of your mind that you're like, you know what, I really want to do this. And I think this would be really successful, maybe not like business successful, but successful for your happiness. And I would say that is how I used to guide life now, I should say. Does that kind of make sense? Is that? <laughs> no, I think that's great advice, man. I really, yeah. I really do. And I, I agree with you. I mean, I, you know, like, like I said that, you know, I've known you a long time and yeah. I remember when you were DJing, you know, 18 plus parties for like the Columbia college crowd, you were the kind of like <laughs> junior apprentice for dark wave disco. I'm not, I'm not trying to like, yeah. Um, no, yeah. Like, oh, I remember yeah. when you were a kid, you know, cause people, yeah, no, but I'm saying is like seeing you go from being kind of like the dark wave disco, you know, junior resident to launching your own app, making a difference, supporting all these charities, helping artists and developing your career and everything else you've done. It's really great to see. It's inspiring. And I do love that idea that, you know, you can start as one thing or start in one place and expand upon that. You don't have to stay in one lane forever. So I think that's fantastic advice. Yeah, man. Thank you. I mean, you know, I think also as I kind of, it all circles back to, I think even the question that you asked me at the beginning is from original concept to launch date. It's like, you kind of have to prepare for pivots in your life. Even, you know, I mean, maybe the original, the original thing that you, think of as being the thing that will only bring you happiness, you know, that might pivot and that might change too. And that's something where, you know, I'm still going to be DJing. And I mean, for us, I'll probably be DJing in the retirement homes because that's just like a part of me. <laughs> but I realize that, but I'm just saying that like, you know, life pivots happen. And I think happiness pivots also happen as far as what truly brings you happiness because working on single serve, and launching it and seeing not just the feedback from, you know, peers and, and strangers and stuff like that, but seeing how, how something that you just have worked on that can help people is now live. It's just like, that's probably been the happiest thing I've had in years, honestly. And that was during a time, and like five years ago, if you told me that this was even going to happen, I would have not, I wouldn't even believe you. So advice be be prepared for the pivots in life. How about that? Yeah, I think that's... <laughs> and, and, uh, and, if, and if life's telling you to pivot, then put all your energy towards that because there's, there's a reason why. So, You know, it's that saying of like, how do you make God laugh? Make plans. It's Things are going to yeah. change. So there absolutely. Man, I mean, all this is awesome. And if anyone listening, whether they're an artist, whether they're a student, whether they're a, a creative of any age, if somebody wants to get involved, someone wants to contribute, somebody wants to submit their music, What's the best way for people to reach out? Because, you know, the, if they're looking it up right now and they can't find it, it's single serve without an E at the end. It's one word, single serve, but no E after at the end of the word serve. So how can people get involved? 
So there's a couple ways that they can contact us. Uh, we have a whole contact form on our website, which is single serve, no E at the end. So singleserve.org is our website. Uh, we're also on Instagram at single serve app. And you know what? Honestly, you could just hit me up directly. I'm on my email. I'm, now I'm that person who's on my phone a lot. <laughs> so you could reach out to me directly and just say, uh, your boy Heimler sent you. And that, you can reach me at Kyle <laughs> at singlesurf.org. I love it, man. That is great. Awesome. Um, thank you. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcasts. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, Dynasty Descend.